0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is your friendly neighborhood Pinhead 198, back with a new episode. And finally, finally we've seen Scream 6, and on this episode we're going to tiptoe through the tulips of spoilers but we're going to review Scream 6 and we're also going to review the new Evil Dead Rise and then we're also I'm going to articulate better than what I did on Filmmaker Mike and the Boys my opinion of the new Metallica album so we got a pretty stacked one here tonight or as the announcer on today on Dragon Ball Z So starting off with Scream, let's get into it. Let's look at this. Let's see. Scream 6 follows a new ghost face killer who targets the survivor of the Woodsboro Legacy attacks in New York City. A sixth Scream film was announced just weeks after the successful debut of Scream 2022. Make no mistake about it. After Scream 6 did such a killing, there will be a Scream 7. I guarantee. With much of the cast signing on to reprise their roles alongside Bernatelli, Apollon, and Gilliatt's return, the filmmakers. Filming took place in Montreal, Canada from June to late August 2022. Nev Campbell did not reprise her role as Sidney Prescott because of a, you know... They didn't drop the bag that they should have dropped her. So this will be the first time in the series without Miss Prescott and Campbell. So let's look at the plot without seeing if we can spoil it. One year after the Woodsboro killings orchestrated by Richie Kirsch and Amber Freeman. Blackmore University Professor Laura Kane is catfished by her student. So we're not gonna do that. See, you guys ruin it. Yep, so. That's the whole opening scene. I'm not gonna read that. I'm gonna try. So I already spoiled a little bit of it, but. It's pretty much. A year after. What happened in the last scream. Um, overall, this was a good movie, but God was the ending lackluster. Some of the kills were taken away. I'm telling you, you're making some of these characters, whether they're legacy characters or returning characters, you're making them as indestructible as the fucking villains themselves. You know, look out Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. The woods, the core four of the Woodsboro, they cannot be killed, and that's one spoiler I'll go with. I have to like if you haven't seen this film, just you can see it now on Paramount Plus. So skip this review. Come back after you've seen it, or if you don't care, then just keep coming, just listen. But some of these characters, they. Like Kirby. She came back from Scream 4. You thought she was dead. These these fuckers are as indestructible as the villains. So it's almost there's no stakes. There's almost no stakes whatsoever when you know. uh, That person, regardless of how much they got mutilated, mangled, and obliterated into the midnight sun. Somehow we're going to ride it to where you know it was a flesh wound. It's like a bad, lethal weapon movie, you know? Small flesh wound. A couple others are dead. I will say I knew... And I wish I had been wrong, but I knew who the killer was as soon as I saw this actor's face. I won't spoil it, but I just don't trust this actor. I never have. It's not from having great detective skills throughout... The entire movie, although if you pay attention, they tell you who the fucking killer is within the first 40 minutes of the movie. Like, they just, it just, it pops out on the screen. The reveal, I thought the reveal would be, when people said the reveal, a lot of people who enjoyed it but didn't like the reveal was lackluster. I thought that, you know, maybe it would be a little over-exaggerated. We're all kind of pessimistic here in the horror movie community because we've seen everything done to death. But it is lackluster. Without completely spoiling it. It is a little bit. Not completely. But it is a little bit of a recycled reveal. From Scream 2. And I'll leave it at that. It has the same kind of motivation. That Scream 2 had. Of why the killer, killers. Are doing. What they're doing. It's It's a little recycled. From Scream 2. Other than that. I will say the movie is pretty good because they had a lot of balls to do stuff like you think the killer is revealed in the beginning of the movie and I'm uh, I'm trying I'm being vague for a reason because most people haven't seen it some people have, actually <coughs> excuse me my inner Jim Cornette came out <coughs> A lot of people did see this, actually, because it made such a killing at the box office. It made like 173 worldwide, so I'm not going to be a dick and go, oh, I'm going to spoil the whole thing, but there'll be some things I will spoil, and if you just, like I said, you can go back and watch, you can watch the movie and come back and listen to this, but in the beginning, they tell you who the killer is, but it's not the real killer, of the overall arc of this story. So. That was a lot of. I thought, I was like. Fuck. They're just gonna. Flat out tell you. Who the killer is right off the bat. And then they little. They they bait and switch a little bit. And they're like. Nope. We're fucking with you. Which I like that this movie fucks with you a lot. It does a lot of. You know. Subverting expectations. Which I hate almost to it's detriment. However. <clears throat> It does a lot of fucking with you. Like you think you know. But you don't know. Even to the point of where. You know they have the theory like. Randy used to have. About you know. There's rules to survive the horror movie. Randy meets. And you have his. Niece and nephew now. Especially his niece. Mindy. Who is just over the top with it? I like her and I like her character, but in Scream 6, she's really over the fucking top with it. And even her rules don't really, even as a spoof, her rules don't apply. Because once again, anybody can go by, by, on paper saying that, you know, legacy characters can be killed people from the last movie can be killed. All bets are off. That's a great sentiment except when you don't execute the fucking shit and all y'all get killed off but wink wink you really don't. And I'm not saying that all these guys get killed off to spoil it. I'm just saying there's certain characters in here who you're like they're left for dead and you know that they're fucking dead. There's no way they can survive it even in horror movie logic. There's no way they can survive it. And you know, kills are taken away. Just like in Halloween Ends, which I really don't like when you walk back kills. These are slasher films. Have the fucking guts to stand your ground. One spoiler, I will say, Dewey does not come back. You stood your ground with that. Which, here's to say, you might not bring him back in Scream 7 because... Like I said, all these characters are as indestructible as the fucking villains now. So, they're, after what you did with this one, and if you're talking about bringing back, oh, Stu, if you're talking about bringing back Stu, then that just reaffirms that anyone can come back. And the kills don't really mean anything, whether they're villains or not. The kills don't mean anything. Kirby's back, which she was left for dead, and... She should have been dead and Scream 4. Nope, she's back. You know, for member berries and nostalgia, which is fine. But you're telling the audience that there's really no stakes at the end of the day. Because the characters who are supposed to, you know, the cannon fodder, as it were, are now becoming as indestructible as the fucking villains that dispatch the cannon fodder. So it's almost ridiculous to a point. It is ridiculous. Excuse me. Take a little drinky poo. So it gets to the point where you're just like, does this really matter at the end of the day? We're just really going through the motions of watching a movie. It'd be just because it's Scream, or just because it's Halloween, or Friday the 13th, or Nightmare on Elm Street, or Evil Dead, or whatever. It's like, you go, eh, that's cool. I do like what the Radio Silence crew is doing over there. They're doing a great job, and I'm not even going to lie; I am much looking forward to just greenlight it already. Let's get to scream seven and let these guys have a completed trilogy. I'm more, I'm, <laughs> I'm much happier with these guys in the Radio Silence group's trilogy than I have been with David Gordon Green and the Bum House trilogy of Halloween films. Because these are more, Scream has been more consistent, and so is Evil Dead to a point. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Scream and Evil Dead and certain, these two have been the most consistent, just, they are what they are, and they haven't really failed. Like, you would think that's easy, right? Halloween didn't get that. Friday the 13th didn't really get that. Nightmare on Elm Street. Didn't get that for a lot of, like, but you would think this would be really hard to do, but this is living up to Wes Craven's legacy, and I'm very, very happy with it. Right now it sits on a set, after everything's said and done, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, who the fuck cares what Rotten Tomatoes thinks? They're fucking bums anyway. A 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb, a 61 out of 100 on Metacritic. You can all go fuck yourselves. Who cares? Let's see what the audience thought of this. Let's look on the Rotten Tomatoes score. A 91% audience score over this. I can't, I can't lie. I can't argue with the audience. Uh, nor can I really argue with Rotten Tomatoes on this point. I hate Rotten Tomatoes, but... It's, uh... I would meet somewhere in between the middle, I'd say this is a an 8 out of 10. So, it's, you know, it's an 80%, 85% film. It's not bad. It's not as good as the last entry. Especially when you get that reveal, it's just like, oh God. I roll my eyes when I see endings like that. But, overall... It was an 8.5 out of 10. I, I had a good time with it. I just, I wish you guys, and I mean this in all horror, stop walk, especially in slasher films, stop walking the fucking kills back just so you can have, it's lazy writing and it's lazy booking. It, it really is. It It pisses me off. It gets on my nerves, and I wish you guys would stop doing it. But overall I can't say much about it without, you know, really really ruining it. And maybe, you know, a spoiler or we can do a commentary on it. But like I said, I saw the killer coming a mile away, but that's just cuz I don't trust the person who the actor playing the killer is. And then once you get the domino effect, you know who the you know who his accomplices are. It's almost lackluster and You know, you're sitting there going, eh, that's cool, I guess, for shits and giggles. But anyway, overall, Scream was an 8.5 out of 10. Not my favorite movie of the year. Not the worst film of the year. I would say The Last Scream was a 9 out of 10. I take that back. It's a 7.5 out of 10, excuse me. It was. It wasn't average, but it wasn't. It wasn't as good as the last one. So, it's not up there. It's not high up there on my scream, scream cat like tier ranking list. But it's not the lowest either. That still goes to Scream Four. Scream Four was fucking atrocious, as far as I'm concerned. I don't care what anybody says. I fucking hate. <laughs> there was some good things about it, but overall, I fucking hated Scream Four. So even more than Scream Three, which. People love to trash. I, I hated Scream 4. And I'll die on that hill. But these movies are a step in the right direction. I Like I said, still with all that, Scream, Scream has been the most consistent franchise in the horror. One of the most consistent franchises in the horror movie genre. So here we go. That's that with Scream. Now we move on to Evil Dead Rise. I'll tell you. uh, Right now, it sits on an eighty-four percent to Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh seventy-eight percent audience score. I tend to more agree with the audience score, and I'd lower it a little bit because uh, this movie wasn't horrible. I didn't hate it, and I did like that we got out of the cabin in the woods. Thank God, finally. You know we've done enough cabin in the woods movies with cabin in the woods and the original Evil Dead movies and <sighs> other shit. You know, <laughs> cabin fever. This this just this movie. I didn't hate it, but man, was I sorely disappointed with it, especially with everybody hyping it up. Was it as bad as I thought it was gonna be? No but this just felt like one of the it felt like a bigger budget version of one of those HBO Max or even more so Netflix original exclusive movies that you just dump off on the streaming service because you don't really have faith in the movie and you shouldn't um how this got a a worldwide release and prey didn't the predator movie it only was subjected to Hulu, I'll never understand, because it should have been the other way around. However, it is what it is. I think overall, without spoiling it, because this movie's been out even less. This only came out last week, so I can't really say much about this movie without spoiling it. But what I will say is, the performances were good. They were serviceable. There. Um, let's look. Gotta make sure I get this correct and give the credit where credit is due. Alyssa Sutherland, who played Ellie, the one who plays the, and you've seen her. She, you know, mommy's eating with the maggots now. The the main deadite. Bitch Who Gets Possessed by the Dead Eye. She was fantastic. And you can tell she loved every. You know she loved every minute of. Doing this gig. Which it's always fun to see. People having fun. Especially in horror films. Maybe not so much in dramas. And such but in a horror film. You love to see the actors having fun. And you can tell she was having a good time. She was great. The supporting roles weren't bad. Her. I thought her sister was a drug addict, but apparently she's not. Lily Su- Sullivan, who plays Beth, she was good. Jaden Daniels is Gabriel, or Gabriel. He was good. Um, let's look at some of these critics. Let's see if we agree. with The first sequel in a full decade. This should. Feel like getting an Evil Dead reunion, but instead it's more akin to a so-so tribute band. Meh, I could see that. Even though this wasn't supposed to be a reunion of any kind, but I understand what you're saying. Lee Cronin serves up considerable lore with... Oh, monotonous, po-faced, <laughs> irritantness. Okay. Thank you for using these giant words that I... I wouldn't know if it was monotone, but that's okay. Evil Dead Rises provides blood by the bucket fool without ever crossing the line into outright cruelty. Eh, yeah, and no... There's there's a lot of gore in here, and there's some cruel world gore, but not too, you know, where I'm like, oh, this, I just think, the, I think the gore was just right. There's some people like Grace Randolph out there, these pussies, they're like, it's too graphic, it's too gore, it's really not. It's not anymore, if you're going into an Evil Dead movie going, it's too graphic, then you've never seen any other Evil Dead movies. And Which means you have no business going into this movie because this is obviously a sequel to a franchise. Whether fi- fr- it's a large one or not, this is a franchise film. This is a film in a franchise. So if you don't know what Evil Dead is, you shouldn't be going into it in the first place. That's on you. The people that go to see Evil Dead are the people that have been following Evil Dead. I don't care if you just start following the 2013 one or you just start watching the older ones recently. You don't go to see MCU films if you haven't watched previous ones. And I'm not talking about watching all of them. I'm talking about if you haven't seen one MCU film or one DC film, why the fuck would you be going to see another? This one right here, if you've never seen any of the other films before, you know what you're expecting to get It's just like people who've never seen horror films going into a horror film and being dis- going into a horror film and being disgusted by it. excuse me. you know what horror films are you've never watched them before for that reason. Why would you do it? These same rules apply like why would you do this shit? Are you that fucking <laughs> Are you that brain dead? Is is your head made of cabbage and lettuce instead of actual brain matter? That would be my question to you because there's no reason why you would go see an Evil Dead movie and go, Shucks, we're going to see Bambi now. There's not going to be any murder or mayhem here, even though, you know, in Bambi there was. Why would you go see these films? So that's on you. If it's too violent for you, that's on you. Not the filmmakers, because they know the film they were making, they know the audience they were giving it to. You're the one that was oblivious enough to go see a film that you thought was going to be for friends and family. That's your own stupidity, you know. We have this thing called Google for a reason, a simple third-grader's research... Would tell you what this movie is going to be. But the point of the matter is. With that little rant out of the way. The the gore was just enough. It wasn't as over the top as the other entries. And it wasn't even as as intense as the 2013 remake. I still love that movie far better than this one. I think that was the right way to go. And I thought I would have loved to see a sequel to that. But we got This. I do like that they take it. They went out of the cabin in the woods, and it does take place in a in a high rise apartment building. You know, hence the name Evil Dead Rise. Kiki, but (laughs) other than that, I I, I, the the film is serviceable. You know, The Necronomicon was a nice. It looked better. I like the way it is opened now through, you know, once again, just like every other demonic cliche, it's through blood, rather a blood sacrifice, or you just, you know, drop a little blood. You know you guys stole a little bit of that from Hellraiser, but a little drop of blood, and opens the teeth of the fucking book, and, you know, there we are, off to the races. I like the fact that you have to... From what I saw they were turning the vinyl record backwards to be able to play the the message of the doctor as the he recites the Kandarian verses from the Necronomicon, which is a nice touch. They're playing it backwards as you know in the old satanic panic you play the music backwards you get a demonic you get a hidden demonic message. Playing on that, that was a nice little trope that they added in there that I really liked. Um, overall, the movie was fine. It wasn't it wasn't anything to write home about. I wasn't over the moon about it. I didn't hate it. In comparison, the 2013 one to me was like a 8 out of 10. This movie is like a solid 6. Solid 6 out of 10. It's not something you need to rush out to the theater to go see... Unless you are, like myself, a die-hard, ultra-die-hard Evil Dead fan. And you'll put up with whatever they give you for the most part. Especially some of the video games we played that weren't that great to begin with. Unless you're a die-hard Evil Dead fan, this is not something you need to rush out to the theater to see. Until it comes out on a streaming service where you can see it for yourself for a lesser price. So... Or to where you could keep it and see it as many times as you want and analyze it, I don't know, but this is a 6 out of 10 for me. It wasn't a great film, but it also wasn't horrid, so that's just how I feel about it. The little girl who plays the daughter, she was cute. She was a good actress too, especially when you consider child actors are usually the drizzling shits, but. She did a great job. So I'll give her credit where credit is due. Enjoyed that. So, That being said, we'll move on to our final topic, which is the new Metallica album, 72 Seasons. And I got to tell you, now that I listen to this about, (coughs) excuse me, I think this will be my Today will be my tenth time listening to this album. I think overall, it's a it, it's it's one of my more favorite albums. It's not a good album as far as it's not reinventing the wheel. Metallica's not reinventing the wheel. I think it, comparing to the just their last album alone, "Hardwired to Self-Destruct." Hardwired to self Hardwired to Self Destruct is a better album, but this seventy two seasons is a more accessible album. Especially if you're not a diehard Metallica fan like I am. It is it's a more accessible album than Hardwired to Self Destruct. Um It's got some good tracks on here. Seventy two Seasons is a good song. It grows on you. Screaming suicide, I hate. I think, uh, I think it's a shitty song. I just, I, I really don't like it. Shadows follow is a good song. One song that is stuck in my head and I cannot—it's it, it, driving me nuts—is sleepwalk my life away. I think that's one of the better, like the—it's not reinventing the wheel. and There's a lot of stock of do 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 it just it repeats it over but the chorus the hook you know that they do is is fantastic you know i'm not gonna sing it for you because i won't ruin your day by singing it but just just wake me i'm not even gonna do like it's a great chorus it's and this this that's the one thing about this album the, the lyric the lyrical content is not great but all most of the hooks on this album are just fantastic like even if darkness had a sun dar- if darkness had a sun is just it's repetitive over he he goes Temptation, 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 Temptation. It sounds like your vinyl record is skipped, but it's just him repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And then you get, you know, the beast is... Blah, 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 blah. It sounds like a regurgitated TV dinner. But then when you get to the fucking hood, If darkness had a sword, here I am i bathe in holy water. Some bullshit like that. Like, the whole hook is great. Like, it, 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 listening, getting to that point, you're like, okay, okay. I like this. I like this. I like it. And then it goes back to the repetitive things. That's where I think the problem is. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mixture in here. They try and pull out the old men trying to do some old thrash from Black End from Injustice and For All. There's some crown of barbed wire which calls back to load, especially the Cure. There's there's a breakdown that sounds like the Cure. There's if darkness had a son. If darkness had a son is pretty much one of those build up songs like you used to hear back in like Master of Puppets, but it's old man Master of Puppets. You know, it's you know we're in our six late sixties. Going into our 70s. And. This is what we sound like now. I know it sounds like I'm bashing the album. But. Excuse me. Got the hiccups. Excuse me. Um, but it's not a bad album. The, the, the fit. What is it called? In a Morta. Whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. It's actually a Nice. Call back to like bleeding me on the load album and like a fixer on reload, where you just you have this build up and it ends up just being this great song. I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, I think this fucker's thirteen minutes long. It's somewhere in between the eleven and thirteenth minute out, thirteen minute, eleventh minute. The 13th minute. Let's see. Sorry I'm stuttering. But I'm trying to look at something. Let's see. I think it is like 12 to 13 minutes long. And it is. Okay so it's 11 minutes. But it's. It doesn't feel like 11 minutes when you're listening to it. It feels like a nice solid. Just five-minute song because it just it you get you in the groove it's a nice way to end the whole album overall i will say (laughs) when i'm looking there's pictures of these guys because it's a it's a it's folded into a cube and when you open it up you you have you you know you got lars looking very stoic and like he's really contemplating something he's probably contemplating the next big uh you know startup company he can wipe out. You got Jason doing side eyes on both of his eyes, looking straight at you like, yeah, I'm old as fuck. What do you want from me? You got Trujillo, Robert Trujillo trying to look menacing, like I'm still young even though I'm getting old. But Kirk Hammett, he looks like he's like about to cry. I'm just like when you look at this picture, you just wait for it in the background. Like he looks like he's about ready to cry, or like you have to adopt him as one of these stray dogs who's been abused. It's kind of sad when you when you look at it. It's, I can't look at it anymore. I'm looking at it right now. It's depressing. But overall, I'd say I've, I I I mine up to a seven, eight point seven five out of ten. I, I really I'm enjoying this album. Is it their best work? Of course not. They're where, they're way past their prime. However, I think that this album is well worth anybody's purchase. And if you can get it on vinyl, send it my way, you know? Nah. If you can get it on vinyl, that's where I would highly recommend it. Because you can hear the shit pop. Or if you have a CD player, like a 4K CD player, get it on CD if you have a 4K CD player. Because when you hear it on the 4K CD player it fucking, on the 4K Blu-ray player, excuse me, it pops the music loud, like a Metallica album should be played, so, that's that. So we finally got to see Scream, that's about all I got, no wrestling talk this time around. There's a couple movies coming out on the horizon, horror films and Sci-fi films that I'm looking forward to. We'll talk about those in the next episode. Well, not the next episode. Because in the next episode, like I've been promising. We really got to do the Phantasm retrospective. I'm looking forward to it. I just didn't do it this time around. Because I finally saw Scream. And I saw Evil Dead Rise. Which are two important horror movies of this year. There's a couple more coming out, like Maxine. Um, That's about all I know. There's, there's, there's actually we're gonna talk about Dune once that comes down the line, but that's not till November, so we got a long way to go from that. We'll be, I'll be pushing out my excitement for that. I'm trying to get to play Resident Evil 4 soon. Because we also got a lot of horror and video games this year. So I want to get more into that. And we'll talk about those. I'll also do a review on Ghostwire Tokyo. That game's a fucking trip. But I'll get into that once I play a little bit more of it. And we get more down the line. But the next episode will be the Phantasm Retrospective. So kept this one a little bit short and sweet. But... Didn't have much more to say because those are the only two major horror movie releases that had to be talked about that have come out recently, which is Scream 6 and Evil Dead Rise. Those are the big ones because the next big movie that's supposed to be coming out that I might even review will be The Flash. And that's not until, what, June? I'm not going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I highly doubt it. If I do, I will review it, but... I doubt I see that, but as far as horror is concerned, I still need to see, and I do want to see it, The Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe, because I heard that was very deceiving as far as the marketing in the trailer, and I love me some Russell Crowe, so there's no way I'm not going to see that, so once I see that movie, I'll have a review of that, and that's about it, so I won't hold you guys up any longer. For those that have stayed, I appreciate you. Love you guys. Hope you're doing okay out there. Until next time, peace. Take care of each other.